Hello, welcome to Full Circle with Garland. I'm a leader in the DEI space and have spent 20 years of my career in human resources. I've been having meaningful conversations about career development with my friends and colleagues, many of whom are rarely heard on stages and podcasts. I am excited to bring you their stories each week. I will be sharing how their diverse backgrounds have shaped their work, the lessons in their career highs and lows, and the importance of recognizing the full circle moments in life. Thank you for joining me, and I hope you enjoy this week's interview. Welcome to Full Circle with Garland. Today's special guests um, are two gentlemen that I had an opportunity to meet in separate occasions. Um, Both are, I guess, through my CBRE relationships and network. Um, But I think what's been fun in getting to know each of them separately has been learning more about their journeys. So I am excited today because they are launching a venture called Standard Real Estate Investments. Um, Excited to have on Robert Jew and Jerome Nichols. Welcome to Full Circle. Thanks for having us, Garland. We're really excited to be here with you as well. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Um, So I'm going to usually... I said, I usually start my podcast finding out a little bit more about each of you um, because I know uh, this industry is not oftentimes someone's, you know, childhood dream per se. Um, And so it's interesting to always find out how did you, how did you, you know, end up in this, in this spot? So firstly, I'm going to talk to you, Robert, about how your upbringing has shaped how you show up in the world. Yeah, well, I I don't know that I had thought I was going to be in commercial real estate from the beginning. Like you said, I grew up in Oakland, California, and uh, went to Oakland public schools. It wasn't really what a lot of people did there. Um, But I think that, you know, having come from that experience, which was super rich culturally, uh, both socioeconomically, ideologically, and racially, um, was just a really formative thing for me. It was like very helpful in terms of my career, in terms of starting there and seeing the broad gamut of uh, what people experience in their lives. And I think the lesson of growing up in Oakland is really, you know, you've got to take action to make things happen. Um, but at the same time, you've got to be humble about it because there's just so many different perspectives out there you can get put in your place real quickly. So I, you know, I believe in that. And I think that's really helped me in this industry in terms of um, getting ahead. Okay. Jerome, what about you? Yeah, I I actually did grow up in and around real estate. My my father was a real estate person, still is, uh, spent many years on the public side of the business. And then also um, on the private side and the the longest part of his career at Fannie Mae in DC. Uh, So I grew up in Prince George's County, Maryland, uh, and then went to school in D.C. So having that that background, um, I mean, folks either, you know, in D.C., you're either in the government uh, or something around the government. You were a lawyer or you were in real estate. That's how it felt. So um, something that I always thought I would be in, but, but didn't know exactly in what capacity. Wow. So how did you both, I'd uh, say, I know I did the same thing that you did, Robert. I was an LA kid that went to school in the Bay Area and you're a Bay Area kid uh, that kind of came down Southern California and went to school here. Um, So 
how did you um, leverage this background uh, that you did, a, you know, economics major? How did you leverage that in getting your career started, Robert? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, it wasn't a huge part of the, the career jump off point for me. Um, I think relationships had a lot to do with um, the career jump off, but certainly the benefit of economics is just, it's, it's a way of organizing thought um, that is very comfortable for people in the real estate industry. Um, I think of it sort of as like the language of business and how we think about investments. And, and um, so it was just really helpful and able to communicate for me with folks that were already in the industry um, because, um, you know, I just, I just had a way of talking about it that they understood. Okay. Uh, Jerome, your background is a little bit uh, varied. You've got, I'd say, a few different spots that you had an opportunity to touch. Can you tell me about um, that, how you've kind of moved into a few different places? Yeah, it, it looks like, uh, you know, a scatter plot all over the place between being in, in East Coast, the Midwest, West Coast, you've got real estate and football, but um, the path is a lot more, um, it's got more of a, a linear path than you would think. Um, I mean, even, even the college choice, going to Wake Forest and, and playing football there, I mean, I never grew up thinking I was going to be a college football player or an NFL football player, but um, just got really good at it and then, and then liked it a whole lot. I mean, the high school I went to was not a great big sports school. And uh, it was a bit of an anomaly to, to be even, even a D1 player. And then uh, studying business at Wake Forest, again, just going to school, thinking that I would graduate and do um, the next thing, get into real estate at some point. But what happened, uh, that I was pretty good. And, and I, I enjoyed it. And I said, well, hey, let me give it, give it a shot and see how long I can take uh, the football career. So I spent um, almost two years after school bouncing around, uh, trying to make a, a career in the NFL. And, um, you know, when that, I don't want to say washed up, it wasn't even long enough to be washed up, but, but after I gave it a good shot and then got released from Green Bay, it was, it was like, okay, back to plan A. Um, so, so I spent, you know, six years in, in development um, in construction management back in D.C. where I'm from. And then um, from there, business school working to move from the operating side of the business to the investment side of the business. And then uh, that brought me to Chicago. And then uh, my wife brought me to, to Los Angeles, really. Um, we had a baby in, in my uh, second year of business school in Chicago and her mom was in LA. So, so recruiting in, in Los Angeles uh, in the November, December, January, negative 40 degrees and you got the plane and it's, you know, 65, 70, almost 80 degrees and people have beanies on and jackets. You felt pretty good about that. So um, that was the transition from, from, uh, you know, school to school to be very global investors. Yeah. I mean, and I suppose there's no way that you're ever going back, right? Back to with the weather. Well, you know, we're, we, we keep it <laughs> open. I'm, I'm all over the country these days and, and you know, pre COVID I was on a flight every week and, and Chicago is a great town and, and spent uh, a lot of time there and still do. So uh, I, I enjoy it. Okay, perfect. Um, so I'm going to move into a little bit more about, you know, how you have learned uh, what things you have learned along the way. Um, 
tips as it relates to, you know, overcoming obstacles, uh, learning more about how you can uh, take the, take the, you know, nuggets of things that you've learned. So Robert, uh, in speaking with you, mentorship and sponsorship have been a big part of how you have navigated your career. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you have, um, you know, learned how to do that in such a way that it's helped you to grow your career? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think it's very much a relationship business. Um, you know, I got my start, uh, in appraisal, uh, at CBRE with, uh, my uncle Richard Jew, and then also David Zoraster who brought me into the company. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, especially in appraisal, these guys are very hardworking, comprehensive thinkers that really don't take shortcuts. And, you know, I think of the story like my uncle would always make us rebuild the cash flows from the ground up on every report we wrote. And it in the beginning was a little bit frustrating for me because it was like, I think there are faster ways to do this, but I really trusted him, committed to that process. And I think that rigor is like really formative in terms of my professional foundation. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of that just had to do with trusting my mentors and trusting my sponsors and, and um, you know, committing to that. Um, same kind of thing when I joined CBRE Global Investors. I joined the strategic partners team in 2006. Lots of mentors and sponsors there. Mike Berichter, John Gill, Ming Lee, Vance Maddox. They all sort of had that same kind of ethos, which is you got to work really hard and get all the little things right so that people will trust you with the bigger ones. Um, and it turned out to be a really good path for me. A lot of success started as an analyst with that organization, grew to a director and a principal and a portfolio manager of a series of funds, investing in real estate development projects throughout the country and a senior executive within the business. Um, but all made possible by this idea that like, You've got to like really trust the people that are bringing you in. Um, and, uh, you know, I think those of us who have been fortunate to have good mentors and good sponsors um, really benefit from that. Yeah, that's so true. I, I do um, believe that you have to start somewhere and sometimes it means doing the grunt work or the not so fun stuff first so that you can really get the fundamentals of it. Um, and there is learning in that. Oftentimes you get much more astute and just better at seeing things because you keep doing it over and over. Um, so that by the time you do get more responsibility, more things that you have um, put on your plate, uh, it's just easier to move through some of those things and you have a clearer understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it and how it impacts the bigger picture, um, which you just sometimes don't get if you're just trying to, you know, just give me the big project. Just give me the big thing. Um, so that's so true. Um, Jerome, in preparing for this, we talked about this interesting concept that you have of the parabola of time and focus, uh, which I, I find fascinating because I've never actually heard it put like this before. Um, and I would like you to explain it uh, because and there's going to be a picture in the show notes. I'm going to have him draw this out because I think there's a, I'm a visual learner. I know there's lots of other visual learners on, um, but I love this idea of time and focus because I think oftentimes we may not see it in the same way. And I, I liked how you explained it. So 
please explain this concept. I'm calling it Jerome's parabola of time and focus. Oh my goodness. We're going to have to have a great big um, asterisk next to the Jerome's parabola of time and focus that said it's not actually Jerome's. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm sure I've co-opted it from, from any number of books and or uh, presentations, but essentially it, it's, it's, it's about focusing on now and the things that you can actually affect. Um, the parabola concept is, is about um, X and Y axes where uh, X is time and, and Y is focus and, and the notion that people tend to spend um, a lot of their focus on things that are in the medium term. And uh, the medium term is, is, is something you can't really affect and you can only affect what's happening today, right now, and in the near term. Um, so you ought to spend your time uh, focusing on today and then your long-term goals and how you want to shape your life in general. Uh, so, so that's a more of a smile looking parabola. And then the inverse is what people tend to do is, you know, not a whole lot in the, in the now, um, maybe you're procrastinating, maybe you're focused on what's happening in a month, two months, two years. And, uh, you know, at the same time, not focusing on your ultimate, you know, long-term focus and goals. Um, and, and it's just, it's less helpful to think about, uh, the world that way and, and how you operate because you can't really affect what happens in the medium term, you can only really affect what happens uh, today. So, so that's, that's one of the things that, that I picked up over, over time and try to apply uh, to everything personally and professionally. Okay. So if you had to, I'd say, look at your career path up until this point um, and you're focusing on the now, what is, I'd say, the big focus for you right now? Right now it's getting our new business venture uh, up off the ground and running, becoming a real going concern. I think we, um, we're smart, we're accomplished, we're good investors, we have relationships. So we have all the pieces. Now the next step for us is to put a uh, pen to paper and, and get deals done um, on both the capital side and the investment side uh, because that's what we can do today and that's what, that's what helps us today. Uh, there's a lot of great big ideas we have, you know, for the medium term and for the long term. But today it's about uh, actionable investment activities um, and making sure we can close those about closing. Uh, so what advice would you give your 21 year old self? I'll start with you, Robert. Yeah, I think um, just, you know, I like to think of things that you know, Jerome's got the parabola. I got the pyramid, right? Like, take each little experience um, and then stack them up over time. Um, and, and same kind of focus, which is like immediate focus on what you can get done right now, um, get the most out of that experience and then build upon it. And so like, I think, you know, for me, looking back at my 21 year old self, I would say, you know, don't, don't be so afraid that you're missing out on some other opportunity. Um, just focus on uh, doing the thing that is available to you right now. Okay, good, good advice. Jerome, what about you? Like Robert, I'm pretty good at managing relationships and building relationships. Um, and, and I think I understand and, and appreciate the importance of them. I think 
one that I, that I haven't, that I, that I didn't when I was younger, I think is my parents. And you would, you would ask professors or mentors or other people in your, in your, in your life or advice and, and treat it, you know, as gold. And, um, you know, your parents would say something and, you know, they don't know what they're talking about. They, they just are, are trying to make me do what they would do and they don't know anything. And then we ask these other people and, Every single time, three, four, five years down the line, I think back to that that piece of advice or that guidance. And say, wow, like if I just listened to my dad and said the same thing this other random person said four years later, um, I'd be that much farther ahead. So to me, it was just those people that are closest to you, you know, they're right in front of you, and and, and they have your best interest in mind, and, and listen to those folks. Perfect. So I'm gonna, you know, move into your upcoming venture and giving you an opportunity to talk about standard real estate investment. Um, what, you know, propelled you both to start this venture um, and then talk a little bit more about your clients and your kind of offering in the marketplace and what you think people should know about what you're doing. I'll start with you, Robert. Well, I, I think the first thing to say is that we started this because we work really well together. So Jerome and I have worked together now for almost seven years. Uh, we spend more time with each other, well, especially now than anybody else. And uh, we still like each other. So like, I think that's a good sign. Um, and I think that, you know, we both feel like we've got a little bit of a unique combination of both perspective lived experience and then also professional experience that can be very valuable to investors in the marketplace looking to place capital in real estate in the United States. Our target is institutional capital partners. I think traditionally we've done a lot of work for public pensions, uh, but increasingly we're seeing more and more private wealth clients um, be interested in leaning more into real estate in a, a scaled way. And we think that there's good opportunity there to gain market share. Um, in terms of what we specialize in, uh, we are experts in terms of investing in development projects throughout the United States. And, uh, you know, we are in the market every day right now, and we're seeing some really interesting opportunities. We think generally people are focused right now on looking for distressed opportunities in real estate, but where people really want to be in terms of you know, the demand for real estate um, driven by both demographics and technology and the pandemic, uh, those places aren't really seeing a lot of distress right now. Um, but there is a good opportunity to build or rebuild to meet those needs. And we think that there's just few people that are as well positioned as Jerome and I to be able to execute on those kinds of strategies. So that's what we're doing. Awesome. Anything else to add there, Jerome, in terms of why you why you decided to, you know, start this venture, what excites you about it? I think Robert hit most of it. I think our ability to be flexible and to do um, what makes the most sense for each particular investment and what makes the most sense for our investors and, and only focus on those two things um, because we don't really have a third leg to the stool. Um, our, our entire corporate agenda at this point is the investments um, and the investors. So that's what we're managing to. And I think when you think about it that way, um, 
and the test is the actual investment. You, you find yourself able to access and, and action on investments that you might not have been able to in the past, um, especially given you know our experience and background and the way we think about the world and, and, and access, you know, particularly maybe emerging neighborhoods or different product types. So that was exciting for us too. Right. Do you have any other, uh, I'd say, next professional goals, personal goals, things that you, not too far in the future, since I know we're focusing on the now, but just things that you are also working on or things that are influencing um, how, you, how you do your you know, current venture? I think we're both focused on closing right now. That's, that's the, big, the big goal, the big focus for both of us. Okay, perfect. Uh, so I'm going to wrap up because uh, there's like two things I usually do right before I wrap up. Uh, one is a sentence that says, inclusion in my industry looks like, and then you both uh, finish that sentence. So I'll start with you, Jerome. Inclusion in my industry looks like. Inclusion in my industry looks like it needs a lot of progress. I think it okay. looks like us. I think it's it's important to have you know actual investment firms and actual investors um, that that are inclusive and that that have diverse leadership and ownership because that's that's really the way you make inroads. It's, it's tough to do it as an employee. Okay. Totally. Okay. Robert, inclusion in my industry looks like? Inclusion in my industry, I think, looks like us um, and looks like other groups like us. And I think I'm a, an optimist, and I think that over the course of this next decade, we're going to make significant progress in terms of uh, increasing the diversity of the players that exist in the real estate investment management space. I do too. I totally believe that. There's like so much stuff happening in pockets across the United States right now. Um, and having firms like yours let me know that it's on the horizon. So I, I too am hopeful. Um, so last question, what does life look like coming full circle to you, Robert? I feel like it hasn't come full circle yet. <laughs> so I feel like I'm still out there okay. on the circle. Um, but I also think in some ways, uh, it has in so far as, you know, we, we start our careers working really hard to meet expectations of what we hope to become. Um, and then we get to a certain point where we are comfortable with who we are. Um, and so I, I think that's a little bit about where I feel like I'm at right now is um, I know who I am. I know what uh, I can bring to the marketplace and um, I'm excited to see what kind of partners are out there for us um, that value that. Okay. Jerome, what does life look like coming full circle to you? It, I echo what Robert said in that, you know, we're not 
quite there, but, but where is there? It, it is life is a circle. And, and if you were, you know, my 21 year old self and where do you want to be when you're almost 40, you know, running a real estate investment company, married family, two kids living in Los Angeles, I would have called that successful and I would have called that full circle. Um, but, but being here now, it's, it's, it's another journey and, and just another, another loop, another circle. So I think it, it, it's always, there's always process and there's always progress and, and just being comfortable with where you are um, in relation to all that is, is what full circle is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so interesting because I think you all are looping a new, uh, a, a new concentricness in your circle. I think your circle was like a certain size and you're expanding your circle because you're growing. I sometimes don't think it's like a circle as in just one, one level, one rung. It's more so like as you continue to go spiral, right? Your, your circle expands. Um, and so from what I'm hearing from both of you, it sounds like you're, you've kind of closed the cycle of a, of a certain level of your circle, but you're continuing to grow it. And so the possibility of what, to come in that next circle is really where you are right now. So I'm excited. This sounds like a, a great, uh, a great expansion of taking what you already have, what you know, your expertise, um, and continuing to grow it. So this is, this is great. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much, um, for coming on. Uh, I will have all of your information in the show notes so people can find you. Um, but I want to thank you both, Robert and Jerome, because I am excited for firms like this because it, it lets me know we're moving in a certain direction that hopefully will continue to grow the pie or broaden the tent and, and make this something that changes the industry. So thank you so much. Thank you, Garland. Thanks, Garland. Such an interesting interview today with Robert and Jerome. Uh, I'd say the three takeaways that I got from their um, interview this week was um, Robert shared leveraging relationships was a big part of how he has um, grown his career. So when I hear that, I think about networking, mentorship, um, and even in the case of finding a business partner, he talks a lot about, you know, how he has been able to move around in his career by meeting people. If you're in uh, the real estate, I'd say industry for sure, you know, networking and building relationships is huge, but I think you can take that into any industry, honestly, because um, as long as there are people involved in you either selling something, buying something, pitching something, um, innovating. I think you will always have to know how to have strong interpersonal skills. And so leveraging relationships isn't sometimes only a one-way street uh, when you need something, but also I'd say when you are trying to um, learn something and provide value to someone else. So a big part of that, I think, is continuing to grow your, uh, grow your network um, meet people, um, go into things very much without expectation uh, because oftentimes we have these relationships over time. We don't know where they're going to go and we don't sometimes know what that means. 
Um, and so this is huge. Uh, the second thing I'd say has to do with um, Jerome's parabola. Uh, Jerome's parabola of time and focus. I thought that was such an interesting concept because um, when you think about goal setting or planning and people talk about plans, um, and I think that's important, uh, but I think what he's trying to really tell you is instead of focusing so much on what's coming up, focus on what's in front of you and doing that very well and learning and being present for that because that is what propels you forward. Um, if you aren't really doing an awesome job now, that's not going to set you up for the next thing, whether that's a promotion, whether that's the next special project. Um, so focus on what's in front of you and doing that very well. And as a result of doing that, you will continue to um, skill build, you'll continue to learn. Um, and so I think his message was very, uh, I don't know, timely, I think, especially right now, because we are in quarantine and everyone's thinking about, you know, 2021 and goals and this and that, and those things are important. But um, being present for what's in front of you and doing really well with that, I think is equally as important. Um, and the last thing I think that their interview reminded me is when you get to a place in your career and you feel like you've mastered something, um, the part of their full circle that they're in right now is really about taking all of these things that I've learned and I've mastered and I feel like is my strong suit and now kind of expanding it and blowing it up to a place where I can really do it in a way that allows me to have greater impact um, and to provide their own spin on it. I think when we're, in, you know, oftentimes um, in environments where we kind of know what the parameters are, uh, so-called the, the guardrails, we stay within them. Um, and the beauty of deciding to go out and do your own venture is that you can create what those guardrails are for yourself. Um, and if you even want to have guardrails. Um, so I love the idea of these two gentlemen getting together to forge a future for themselves that is of their own making. Um, and the, the beauty of that, I think, particularly in times like this, is that uh, it really allows you to expand and, and imagine what is possible um, and doing the things that you've always wanted to do in a different way. Um, so those are my three things from today's um, interview is leveraging relationships, um, parabola of time and focus, um, and then being able to take your expertise and mastery um, and grow it in a way that is meaningful for you through entrepreneurship. All right. Thank you. Hope these nuggets have been helpful. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend. You can find me on Instagram at Full Circle with Garland. And if you'd like to be a guest, go to garlandfuller.com. Thank you for listening and sharing your time with me. I hope this next week helps you to recognize the full circles in your own life. Bye-bye.